Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I'm Kelsey Nixon, and this is Kitchen Prescription, the podcast you listen to when you don't know what to make for dinner. This is episode 59, How to Host Thanksgiving, the encore episode. All right. This just may have been one of the craziest professional weeks I've had in a long time. Well, first of all, we're two weeks off of launching our recipe binder that sold out in six minutes. I still can't believe it. I literally still cannot believe it. We immediately started working on getting more binders from our manufacturer and cannot wait to get them in your kitchens. We are working so hard behind the scenes to try and make that happen. But last week, I also traveled to Utah. That's where I'm from. And I was there to help my mom organize her new beautiful kitchen. So she has lived in the house she's in now for the past 25 years or so. And this is a woman who loves to cook. She's the person who I got my own passion for cooking from. And she renovated her kitchen after 25 years. And it is stunning. Not only is it stunning, it's just so smart. I shared a little bit of it on Instagram last week. But you guys, like a couple of things. She has these nice deep drawers throughout her kitchen, but they're double drawers, okay? So she has the nice deep drawers to put the nice big things in, but each deep drawer also has kind of like a pullout at the top where you can organize kitchen tools. Just whoever she worked with on her cabinets was brilliant. There is in-cabinet lighting for crying out loud. I'm surprised that birds don't sing when you open those cabinets because everything was just so thoughtfully done. It really, I just was, my jaw was on the ground and I've seen a lot of kitchens. She just did a great job. She turned, she had kind of a two-step island and she made it one big flat island and she took the sink out of her island. And so it's this nice big surface where she can cook and she can serve and she can entertain. And it's all just, the finishes are all so beautiful. So I went up to help her kind of put, put the finishing touches on organizing. Now you might be like, it's a brand new kitchen. Isn't it organized? But when you live somewhere for 25 years, you collect a lot of stuff. So a lot of what we did was actually get rid of things. We donated some things. I took some things for myself. Um, but she really wanted to make sure that the things she kept in her kitchen were things she was going to use. And so once we got, we literally went through every drawer, every cabinet. We went through her pantry. We went through the junk drawer. And then once everything was dialed, we labeled it all because labeling leads to longevity, especially in the kitchen. But it just reminded me of this concept of mise en place. It's the first thing you learn when you go to culinary school. And I'm convinced that it applies in our physical kitchens as well, where when everything is in its place in your kitchen, and I'm not saying that your kitchen's always got to be clean. I'm just saying that everything's got a designated landing spot. It is so much 
easier to cook. It is so much easier. It is so much more enjoyable. It is a weekend project worth investing in. And I know we're butting up against the holidays right now, and it might be too close to Thanksgiving and Christmas, but if you've got a free weekend, it might not be a bad idea to open all those cupboards and drawers and do a quick once over, clear some stuff out, make sure you've got enough foil because you're going to need foil for Thanksgiving. Just a couple, just do a quick once over, do a quick pantry clean out, do a quick fr fridge wipe down, things like that. Anyways, I had a blast in my mom's kitchen and left so happy for her with just a touch of envy that I'm not cooking out of the same kitchen. I also wrapped up the week at a place called Pinner's Conference, which is this incredible market small business conference. Um, they have them all over the country, but this one happened to be in Salt Lake City. I had the opportunity to teach two classes, one on how to create a simple dinner system and another one on five ingredient recipes that saved me during the busiest time of year. And I had such a great time doing it. I also had a booth where I sold recipe club memberships, our recipe binders and cookbook stands. So I just, the one thing I want to tell you about that is, first of all, it was so lovely to meet so many of you in person. Each day was about 10 hours, and I don't think there was ever a lull. Like, it was just constant talking and meeting, and it was exhausting and wonderful and all of those things. But I really want to acknowledge there are 500 booths at this, at this conference, and it was so incredible to be surrounded by so many small business owners who really are putting in the work and putting so much effort into trying to grow their businesses and not only grow their businesses, but try and bring products to market that hope to solve a problem or bring some joy. Like the Essential Calendar Co. is there. It's my favorite calendar in the world. I was right next to this booth where this guy had created kind of like a miniature sized golf club set. I know that sounds crazy, but he teaches golf lessons and he saw a need for kids to have quality golf clubs for their size. He spent three years developing this, finally got the product, was selling it for the first time. It's just really inspiring to be surrounded by so many people who are chasing after something like that. So I had a great time. It was so exhausting. If I'm being honest, I'm still recovering but I am also looking ahead and mapping out meals for this next week. So here are a couple of ideas for you. Three recipes you could throw on your meal plan. First recipe, tomato basil soup with orzo. So this is a recipe that years ago I developed for a restaurant. And it's, it's a similar recipe. Very, very similar notes here. And it is knock your socks off delicious. I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast episode a week or two ago, but straight out of culinary school, I went to Food Network Star. And then from there, I went and I worked with this restaurant, this soup and sandwich restaurant, where I developed a lot of their recipes and tested even more of their recipes. And this tomato basil soup became like one of their signatures. And there it is just, I know you can buy some pretty good off the shelf tomato soups, like Costco's is pretty good. The tomato red pepper, uh, Trader Joe's isn't bad, but guys, this one's worth the effort to make it from scratch because it's not that hard. It is not that hard and it is so full of flavor and you add just a spoonful of cooked orzo in at the end and it is knock your socks off delicious. So good, especially if you have company in any way, this is a soup worth making. We're going to do it with traditional grilled cheese sandwiches and I can't wait. The next one, creamy orzo sausage skillet. So 
Chicken sausage tends to be one of those pantry items I keep in my fridge right now this time of year. It's so easy. It stays forever in your fridge. It's such a great protein to grab last minute. And you know what I'm just realizing is there's orzo in this recipe too, which is so great because if you're buying orzo, you can use it all up with the two recipes this week. But they're totally different. The one's the soup, the one's a full skillet. You brown the sausage, you add some peppers, you add some onions, you add the orzo, you add some chicken broth, and you let it all magically happen and come together in a skillet. So dishes are extremely minimal, which is great news for everybody. But this is one of those recipes. In fact, the reason I put it on the meal plan is that someone I saw at Pinner's this past week was like, okay, our family's favorite recipe from Recipe Club is the creamy orzo sausage skillet. And I thought to myself, I have completely forgotten about that recipe. So I was excited they said it. So I came home, I've got it on the schedule, and I'm excited to make it. The third recipe could not be easier. Like we're talking five ingredients easy. It is the Trader Joe's steak sandwiches. This was a guest recipe contributed by my friend Annalisa from uh, Trader Joe's five ingredients or less. And I was so grateful she shared this recipe with us because this, the core of this recipe is this, this like pot roast or sirloin that you buy that's already cooked at Trader Joe's. And typically I would never buy meat like that, but you guys, this is pretty darn good. It's really, really, really delicious. So much flavor. The price point isn't too bad, especially because it feeds a lot of people. And you take the porcelain like soft cheese and oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. In fact, I can think of one friend in particular in Recipe Club. Um, her name is Melissa. She's also a cookbook author. She's incredible. And she has told me no less than five times that this is one of her favorite recipes that, that she makes for her family. And it's even a stretch to call it a recipe because you guys, it's that simple. But it is that time of year. It is holiday craziness. And everyone loves to talk about Thanksgiving, which we're gonna do today, and cookie exchanges and favorite things parties. But we all know that we still have to keep feeding our families. And so we need simple. And this is a great, simple recipe. All right. There are your recipes for the week. You can find and print them all in Recipe Club individually or in our weekly meal plan with an easy-to-follow shopping list broken down by recipes. Remember that in Recipe Club, you get five new recipes every month. Plus, that's in addition to our existing library of over 200 recipes, all of our cheat sheets, our weekly meal plans, and this is big, especially for right now. The only place you're going to get my Thanksgiving timeline and all of my Thanksgiving recipes is in Recipe Club this month. So make sure if you need, if you need someone to hold your hand for Thanksgiving this year, I'm doing it in Recipe Club. I'm here to help you out. So you guys can continue to use the code BINDER to get your first month free. Even if you just want to get in there, check out the Thanksgiving timeline, get the Thanksgiving recipes, and decide, mm, I actually don't want this. No problem. Cancel. You don't doesn't charge you anything. But you should get in and at least look at those Thanksgiving resources because, believe it or not, I am starting to prep for Thanksgiving on Monday. Monday, folks, because that is 10 days before Thanksgiving, and that is always when I start my prep. Guys, it's two weeks away. I know that's crazy. I know, I know, I know. So there you have it. Let's jump into the back half of the podcast now and actually discuss how we're going to host Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Making Thanksgiving dinner, especially if you've never done it before, can be stressful and intimidating. You want to make sure that all the food is warm at the same time, that it's presented, and that is no small task. Planning is key to getting it all done the way you want it, or as close to the way you want it. Even if you're a fairly easygoing person, which I'm not sure I'd classify myself as that, but I'd like to be that type of person. But if maybe you're someone who likes to cook from the hip, right? This is the one time of year that you still might want to consider mapping out a game plan so that you can actually enjoy the big holiday with your friends and your family. I don't know that anyone like successfully cooks Thanksgiving dinner like from the hip. They don't wing it. You cannot wing Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know that anyone can successfully do that. So what I decided to do is I wanted to create somewhat of an evergreen guide that you could pull out year after year to help you navigate this much anticipated yet overwhelming holiday. And so it includes, you know, the four questions I always ask myself before I host Thanksgiving, um, a very specific Thanksgiving timeline that starts 10 days before the holiday and gives you very specific things to do each of those days leading up to it so that you are not overwhelmed by the time Thanksgiving gets there. The guide includes ideas for traditions. It includes the tips that save me every single year and obviously includes my recipes, the recipes that I make and are tried and true, the ones that I just love so much. So, Today on the podcast, I want to go through just a little bit of this guide and talk about hosting Thanksgiving dinner specifically, because hosting Thanksgiving dinner and being a guest at Thanksgiving dinner are two very different experiences. And believe it or not, I actually think you need a plan for both. And so this week, we're going to talk about hosting. Next week, we're going to talk about how to be the world's greatest Thanksgiving guest because there's some etiquette, there's a protocol, there's some planning involved that I think makes a big difference. But today our focus is on hosting. So I mentioned those four questions. I like to ask myself these questions before I approach any Thanksgiving holiday, regardless if we are traveling to visit family or I'm hosting at home, or maybe I'm at home at my mom's and I'm a big part of the hosting, but I'm not technically hosting. So let's go through these four questions. The first being, are you hosting? Will you be hosting or will you be a guest? 
about that first week of November, if you do not know your plans, you want to finalize them. You want to firm up what your plans are going to look like for Thanksgiving, mostly because if you end up hosting, you don't want to figure that out five days before. You want to know. You want to have some advance notice. So that first question, are you hosting? Second, what matters most? What's most important to you about Thanksgiving? Is it specific recipes that are going to be made? Is it specific traditions that are going to be carried out? It's important for you to state what matters most to you, figure it out, and focus on that first. So if it is the food, great. Good for you. I love it. Let's make sure those recipes are going to happen. Let's make sure those recipes are put into a timeline so that they can be executed in a way that feels fulfilling to you. Maybe it's not so much the recipes. Maybe you don't care about having your family's cranberry salad or the stuffing that your grandma made. And maybe you just want to enjoy people. So maybe that's what you want your focus to be. Or maybe it's traditions of snapping the wishbone. Whatever it is, figure it out, state it, and focus on that first. Third question that I like to ask myself what's the plan? Everyone needs a plan. Like I said earlier, no one successfully wings it. So you need to prioritize making a plan. And if in that first week of November, I have no plan, I am going to tackle one. And then the fourth question, who will help? Especially if you are hosting, you're going to take any help offered. Others want to help. Let them help. And if you're hosting a a massive meal, you need the help. So let's go through those four questions again. And these are actually going to be questions that are going to come up in next week's episode too, because I think you ask yourself these questions regardless whether or not you're hosting or guesting is what we'll call it. But first question, are you hosting? Second question, what matters most? Third question, what's your plan? And fourth question, who will help you? All right, so once we've gotten through those four questions, we're going to assume that we answered question number one, who's hosting? Me. We're going to talk about hosting Thanksgiving dinner, whether you are doing it for the first time or you're doing it for the 10th time. Let's talk about hosting Thanksgiving 101. It's exciting, it's nostalgic, but it's also potentially overwhelming and stressful. So before we do anything else, we're going to commit to these principles below. And you may hear some repetitiveness, and I want you to know that that is intentional. So we are going to follow, I believe it's called an acrostic poem, and I I could totally be wrong on this. So you can feel free to DM me or send me an email if I'm wrong. But it's when you have like a a poem where you have the first letter of of a word, whether it's your name or something else, and then you assign a phrase to it. I have memories of doing this in like third grade, but we're going to do this for the word host, H-O-S-T. And the H is going to stand for help. Ask for it. Embrace it. I think it is nearly impossible to be a great host and not accept help. People want to help. 
And like we've said earlier, they you probably need the help, especially for a big meal like this. One thing that's really important, specifically with hosting Thanksgiving dinner, is if guests offer to bring something. Like let's say you're hosting and you call your sister-in-law to say, oh, I just want to remind you, we're hosting Thanksgiving this year. We're going to get together at this time. We're, we want to make sure you know you're invited. We can't wait to see you. And your sister-in-law says, well, what can I bring? My suggestion is to ask people to bring what they love to cook most. What are they best at? And this may involve a little bit of thinking where it's like, um, I don't know, maybe your sister-in-law has a tradition associated with her family and she loves making this, you know, uh, jello salad recipe that maybe you don't care about, but you know it's important to her and you know she's comfortable making it. That's a great thing for her to contribute to the meal. Or maybe your sister-in-law is a fabulous cook and you know you can trust her with the mashed potatoes. So you're going to sign with the mashed potatoes. But I do think it's nice to ask people what they want to make. I also think it's important for you to realize, thinking about help, focusing on your age, that sometimes it's easier to decide what you don't want to make before you decide what you do want to make. And that list of don't want to makes, those can be the things when people say, I'll make anything. You're going to sign in one of those things. Because we want you to enjoy making the meal as well. We don't want you to be stuck with the things that you don't want to make. Now, in regards to that, If you are hosting, keep in mind that it probably makes the most sense for you to take on the dishes that require the oven, probably the turkey, unless, unless you are having someone pick up a smoked turkey from the local barbecue joint, or maybe your brother-in-law is going to fry a turkey or something like that. But if you're cooking a traditional turkey, wherever that dinner is being hosted probably makes the most sense for cooking the turkey there. It wouldn't have to be, but it probably makes the most sense. All right, let's move on to our next letter. Oh, organize and make a plan. Once again, it's going to sound like I'm repeating some stuff, but these are important things. You need a plan. A plan is a gift when it comes to Thanksgiving. And I implore you to consider making a plan sooner rather than later. You're going to need a plan to fully enjoy the holiday. So you can use my guide, my Thanksgiving guide, my timeline that walks through each day, 10 days leading up to Thanksgiving that says, this is the day you make this. This is the day you pick up these groceries. It really is the ultimate handhold when it comes to Thanksgiving. Or you can sit down and map it yourself. You can name what matters, state what matters most to you, whether it's the recipes or the traditions, and construct your own plan. Regardless, make a plan. Either write it down, put it in your phone, do what you need to do. So we know we're, we're committing that we need a plan. Everyone knows that. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with me that you don't need a plan. The S in the word host stands for start early and set reminders. 
the earlier you make a plan, the more chill you're going to be about your Thanksgiving celebration. So start early, make your plan early, and then set reminders. This is one of those, I talked about those crucial tips, the tips that save me every year. Setting reminders, definitely a tip that saves me every year. So once you've mapped out your plan, maybe you do this the first Sunday in November when you've got some time. Set reminders for things like um, do your big grocery shop or uh, pull the turkey out of the freezer or make the make-ahead gravy. And yes, you can make gravy ahead of time. I've got a recipe in my guide. And take those reminders and put them in your phone. I'm telling you, this is like the greatest thing ever. It totally saves me. And if you're not going to put them in your phone and you use another smart device at home, like A-L-E-X-A, which I'm not going to say because we'll awake her in all of our homes, or a Google Home device or something like that, you could set timers there as well, or reminders. But this is really, really great. And like I said, it's a gift. It's a gift to yourself to start early. Then you can follow your timeline and do a few things in advance to make the big day feel more manageable. Okay, T. H-O-S-T. Treasure the tradition. Now I know this is a little cheesy, but I think it's so important. None of this matters. The big meal, it doesn't matter if you don't take the time to enjoy those lasting memories with the people you love most. At the end of the day, this holiday is about family, it's about food, and it's about reflecting on what we're most thankful for. So don't let the unnecessary stress get in the way of that. And the best way to do that is to go a few letters before, to organize a plan, to start early and set your reminders, to embrace the help so that you can treasure the tradition. So that's my best advice, big picture advice for hosting Thanksgiving. And remember, you can get all of this and so much more in my Thanksgiving guide. You'll find it in Recipe Club this month. Try it out, you'll get the guide along with the recipes and you can print the guide, you can print the recipes. It should make November feel a bit more manageable for you. Next week, we're gonna talk about if you answer those first four questions differently and you're actually a guest at Thanksgiving dinner this year, how you can be the world's greatest guest. Some basic etiquette, some simple ideas for host gifts, things like that. I'm excited to get into it. All right, thank you so much for being here, you guys. And until next time, I'm Kelsey. I'll see you next week. 